Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hello, America. Happy Saturday. What a show we got for you. I know it's Saturday. We're supposed to take a little laid back approach, put our feet up, watch a little football. Not today. We're going to come at you with three great guests, three newsy, newsy guests. No longer the reason to wait. Let's go hear from our great partners, sponsors, and advertisers, and we'll come right back right after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Joining us now is a member of Congress who has been a relentless champion of free speech and liberty in America and a member of the House Homeland Security Committee. Joining us right now, Congressman Andrew Clyde of Georgia. Congressman, great to have you in the show, sir. Well, John, it's great to be here. And Amanda, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's an honor, sir. And uh, listen, you have been a champion of free speech. When you hear what we just reported, yeah, I think your staff's briefed you up a little bit on this massive operation, four private groups working with two federal agencies, 
targeting 22 million social posts. What's your first reaction when you, when you hear that was going on behind the scenes? Actually, that was stunning to hear that and to know that it's actually coming through the, uh, the cybersecurity uh, agency, CISA. Uh, you know, this should not be happening. This particular type of censorship where the government knows that they cannot do it by themselves because of the First Amendment of the Constitution, which prohibits it. And then they decide to partner with a, a another entity, a private entity, you know, a social media platform or a university. And then they say, hey, we're going to feed you information that we think is disinformation or we want to be disinformation. And then you go ahead and you do the deep platforming. You, you label it as misinformation or disinformation or, or worse yet, you label it as true when they know that it's simply driving a false narrative. That is incredibly concerning. That's something that Congress needs to be looking into. And I'll tell you that when we take back the majority in November, and uh, I'm a proud member of both the Oversight uh, Committee and the uh, Homeland Security Committee, I think these are this is something we need to look into and investigate further. Yeah, I mean, Americans, I think, across the board are concerned because most people know that if, if there's one group that's being targeted at one point, it's going to be another group at another point. But we're 40 days out from the midterms. Uh, people are possibly looking for a change. What can be done legislatively? Anything uh, on your radar, anything coming down the pike next year? Well, I'll tell you that I have a bill right now, and it is called the Free Speech Defense Act. And it does exactly what you see happening that shouldn't happen. It, it prevents the federal government from partnering with other entities, with these third-party groups, with these social media companies, because that is a violation of, of our Constitution. And this bill would prevent the federal government from, from labeling anything through a proxy entity like, um, you know, you name the social media company, but labeling it as disinformation, labeling it as misinformation or labeling it as true. And then it would also give uh, an opportunity for those people who have been injured by it to, uh, to take legal action. So I think it's a great bill. I've got a number of uh, Republican co-sponsors on it already. As we know, the Democrats are currently in charge of this session, the 117th. So, um, you know, good bills really go nowhere in the 117th. But when we take back the House, good bills will have a place to go. And I look forward to the 118th. Yeah, that's a big piece of news, the legislation coming forward to finally address this censorship issue. We're going to be keeping a close eye on that for sure, Congressman. Uh, we had another story yesterday that caught my attention. I want to just ask you about it. There is a growing trend of federal law enforcement agencies, state agencies, local, that are buying America's geospatial cell phone data, which basically gives their whereabouts 24 hours, seven days a week, and using mm -hmm. it to solve crimes, deal with uh, civil litigation, uh, and uh, even track health trends in America. CDC was one of the big purchasers of it. Uh, none of this is happening with a warrant. I think most Americans assume my phone data has to be gotten by a warrant or the government can't get it. When you hear how readily available it is and how widespread the practice of buying it is inside government, does that concern you? Is there something that should be done on that front? Well, I think there definitely are private privacy issue concerns here. Uh, as we uh, saw in, in one of the documentaries, uh, 2000 Mules, I think you saw that cell phone data was used to actually pinpoint people 
who had been uh, who we saw on videotape actually in my own home state that were um, uh, literally taking absentee ballots. They call them uh, mules for ballot harvesting. So, you know, that's a piece of information uh, that was very valuable in that documentary. Um, but uh, how law enforcement uses it and how government uses it, I think there could certainly be a concern there. Uh, so that's some, something we just have to have to watch. And Congressman, I wanted to ask you specifically about that concern as it relates to the FBI, because um, as far as the limitations of tech companies and also the limitations of three-letter agencies, I remember from the San Bernardino shooting that police were trying to break into the phone. Apple said either we couldn't or we wouldn't help. And the FBI was able to hack into it. And then the FBI didn't fill in Apple on how they were able to do that. Is that concerning? Well, I'll tell you, you know, when when the government gets into our private lives without a warrant, uh, I think that's very concerning. Um, and, you know, as a as a proud member of the Freedom Caucus and as someone who champions individual liberty, uh, that should be what government is concerned about protecting, uh, not what government needs to uh, to snoop in our lives so they can see what we're doing. Uh, you know, when we are law abiding citizens, that's just not the right way to go. Yeah, I think so many Americans agree with that. Uh, sir, are you worried about the border daily? I know that. We've talked before about it. Uh, two things have really struck us. The number of people with terrorist ties that have been captured coming across the border, probably a lot who didn't get captured have come across. And then we now hear from the Inspector General of the Homeland Security Department, a massive failure to vet some of those Afghan refugees that were brought in in the chaotic way that President Biden exited the Afghan war. What can you tell us about the security concerns these things have raised and what can be done in the near future to maybe tighten up the ship there? Well, I'll tell you that you're absolutely right when it comes to uh, uh, being concerned about the southern border. Uh, you have 78 so far that we know of, 78 people on the terrorist watch list that has come across the border that we have actually caught. You know, and, and there are uh, since President Biden has been in office, over 3.4 million uh people encounters uh, illegal aliens that have come across the border, but yet there's over 900,000 gotaways, people that we know we weren't able to get. We saw them. We had some sort of information that they were there. Either they were tracked by a sensor or a video, but then there's the unknown gotaways as well. And how many more were on the terrorist watch list on the known gotaways as well as the unknown gotaways. It is an incredibly concerning piece of information. Uh, we do not have a secure border. And in my opinion, we do not have a secure country. We'll never have a secure country until we have a secure border. So so this is something that, uh, that we in the Republicans, we have a plan to address. It's called the commitment to America. Uh, and uh, one of those pillars is a nation that's secure. Part of that security is a secure Southern border. And uh, there's a number of ways to do that. Infrastructure is one of them. The wall is one of them. And uh, 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 funding additional border patrol and, and uh, customs and border protection is another way. But uh, that must happen. It absolutely must to have a secure nation. Congressman, I want to dig in on another border related topic. You represent the great state of Georgia. And I know at, at one time, I think this is still the case, Atlanta is a huge hub for human trafficking. Since the open border, have you seen an uptick in that activity at, at Jackson Hartsfield or just in Atlanta in general? Oh, we've seen an uptick, uh, an uptick in human trafficking across the entire United States uh, because of the open border. 
And it is absolutely tragic because I think that our federal government literally is the last link in the human trafficking chain. We are incentivizing illegal immigration, uh, illegal aliens coming across the border. And there are, are many, many, many thousands upon thousands of unaccompanied children coming across the border. I cannot imagine parents in another country sending their children uh, by themselves to cross the border. And then they are so susceptible to be to being trafficked. Uh, and it is a huge problem. It must be dealt with. But the Biden administration, uh, they bear the sole responsibility for it. Yeah. And it's remarkable. So we only got about 20 seconds. But uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, she was at a border, the DMZ in Korea, but not at our border. Does she <laughs> ever go down our... to the border? I don't think she's been to the border yet, but she uh, needs to because it will tell her that it is not a secure border. So true. You've been saying that for some time now, sir. Uh, sir, it's a great honor to have you on. Thank you for joining us. We're going to be watching for that legislation. Very important news ahead of us. So that's great. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, uh, Amanda. Thank you, sir. All right. Don't go anywhere, folks. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Now, there have been some very alarming statistics that have come to light that, re that regarding our veterans, from rising homelessness to a new statistic that was published earlier this week showing suicides are nearly two and a half times greater than reported by the Veterans Affairs Department. That is a shocking number. While their media organizations have swept that uh, statistic under the rug, we surely won't. And our next guest joins us to discuss these issues and why they're so important. He's the former secretary of the Veterans Affairs Department, Peter O'Rourke. Mr. Secretary, great to have you on, sir. Great to be on, John. Great to this see you again, is, Amanda. Yeah. This is a stunning statistic. I mean, the government's usually pretty good at, at collecting data. How could we be so far off, and how could the crisis be so large? Well, it's, it's a, a thank you, a big thank you to the American Warrior Partnership for bringing this to light to everyone. Uh, it sounds like they've been doing some really great on-the-ground work, uh, working with states uh, to produce this report, also trying to work with the DOD and the VA doesn't seem that they were as successful with that, but I'm sure they're doing their best to get the right data uh, to decision makers to make good decisions based on what we should be uh, doing about veteran suicide. Mr. Secretary, I wanted to ask you about the climate and I guess just the goings on at the VA. I remember under President Trump's VA, we were, seems like we were constantly hearing good news about, you know, inept doctors and nurses being fired and people being, you know, veterans being given choices as far as their health care and getting expedited processes through for, for different medical services. We haven't really gotten any follow up on that, even any new good news from the Biden VA. What are your thoughts on that? It definitely seems like there's been a, an effort to just make things quiet at the VA. Um, 
As you know, at the beginning of the Trump administration, we worked very hard and there was a lot of energy behind improving processes for veterans, taking a veteran-centric view of everything that we did there at the department. I won't say that's completely gone, but we're not getting great reports, uh, whether it's internally from the VA, from folks that are sharing information, or just looking publicly at what they're talking about. Uh, again, just like with these uh, statistics about veteran suicide, we're, we're only seeing a reaction being that everything's okay, we have the same rate, it's maybe going down, uh, but no acknowledgement of uh, the great work that these folks have done to unveil some some pretty significant problems we have with with counting this very vital statistic. Yeah, no, absolutely. Another one that is so troubling is the amount of homelessness among our extraordinary former troops um, and women, particularly. I know a lot of female uh, veterans are in that homeless population, a surprising number. Um, what do we need to do to get a handle on it to improve that situation? There shouldn't be anybody that served in our country's armed forces that can't find a place to live. I so much agree with that, John. And, and there's so many different efforts, whether they're local, community-based, uh, whether they're out of the VA, to, to try to address this issue. So you have to ask yourself the question, why isn't this getting through? We're, we're spending lots of money. We're, we're out on the streets seeing these folks out there. I think it really comes down to the, what the states are doing. Uh, a lot of these uh, the benefit programs, as you know, like HUD-VASH and others, really depend on the cooperation and the, the collaboration with, with the folks at the state and community level. And it really appears that the VA really needs to do a better job at that. I know we worked on that quite a bit. There are some constraints that, that make it difficult, but none of that should matter when we're really trying to solve the issue. And I, and I look at Governor Newsom, who has a significant problem with homelessness in his state. You know, we keep seeing promises being made that, that this will be addressed. A new initiative will come out. We've got lots of initiatives, and we've got lots of money, actually, to solve this problem. We just need to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember hearing horror stories about wait times for veterans, and it has always been my contention that veterans should, should receive care before practically anyone else. Do you know what the current status is of wait times at the VA? Do you have any idea what they are? They're, they're crawling up again. And in fact, we, we see this because we're tracking that. There are several great groups out there that are tracking those numbers. But really what's troubling is we're seeing a lack of access. And, you know, when we worked on that with the Mission Act and basically described and defined what these access standards were going to be, now we see a creeping away from that. And we see that with uh, an, a move to try to replace access with things like telehealth. Telehealth's great but it's not a, a substitute suitable for veterans that are looking to have an exam, looking to talk to a doctor face-to-face. -face. And so it seems like the VA may be trying to slip that in to, to increasingly uh, encroach on that veteran's right to have an appointment on the time and in the place that's best for them. And it's odd, you know, during the Trump years, a lot of progress was made on these issues. We saw the wait times come down. We saw choice uh, grow out. It seems like there's been an abandonment of some common sense things that were really working. Why would that happen? If you've got something working, you love this population, why, why pull back from success? It, you know, John, it's really just this conflict between the way uh, I think different parties view this system, how it should be run. You know, in the Trump administration, we were really pushing, and even before that, with the, with the Choice Act, we're really pushing to push to put the veteran first to let the veteran choose what and how they wanted their benefits when it came to the VA. 
And that's not a lot to ask. We spend plenty of money in the VA to provide veterans that choice. And to see that, again, encroaching on that, on that right to them is, is disappointing. It is a, it is a philosophical debate at times, which is also disappointing, shouldn't, shouldn't happen. Uh, the, the, the department, the administration should follow the law. And the law is that veterans have a choice and they should have, uh, uh, equitable, uh, access to these, uh, to their healthcare benefits. And that means when you can't get them an appointment, in a, in a reasonable amount of time, that veteran should be able to go to the community or really anywhere that they, they see fit to get that care. Mr. Secretary, I wanted to ask you about a Capitol Hill issue. The National Defense Authorization Act has not passed yet. I think that there are numerous items within that bill that would help current veterans and service members. Uh, any word that you're hearing on Capitol Hill about that? I haven't, and, and it's really a shame that, that we're going to go through this again, this continuing cycle of whether it's continual resolutions or just the insecurity and, and unsurety of not knowing what these budgets are going to be. Having worked in those departments before, you know how difficult that is to make plans. But I hope folks are pushing forward, uh, knowing what they need to be doing. And, and frankly, you know, the NDA is very important to the VA and, and to the DOD, but, but we know what we should be doing there especially when it comes to veterans. And, uh, and I hope that folks on the ground in the hospitals are not seeing that as a, as a stumbling block to taking care of veterans. Yeah, they can't let that be a stumbling block. Uh, you know what I think listening to you, Mosa, folks say to understand that the common sense hand that you use to run the VA, I think a lot of people are missing that today. Mr. Secretary, great to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, John. Thanks, Amanda. Look forward to next time. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know what they say these days, where there is COVID conversation, there most certainly is also Hollywood culture, too. And while 98% of Americans aren't going back for a COVID shot, they are also not tuning into the Emmys, either. The official viewership statistics came out, and the 2022 awards show sunk to record lows. You know, they talk about glass ceilings. Well, they have shattered the concrete floor time and time again. They fell 25% from last year's viewership. And as someone who lives just miles away from where they hold these pretentious ceremonies, even here in LA, no one knows that they're happening unless you're actually going or are involved in some way. It's amazing, John. 
It is. Now, our first guest tonight certainly doesn't need to worry about his reputation in Hollywood, nor does he need an introduction. You might recognize him from his lead role as Hercules or by many of his other talents, which include producing and writing and many other things. Our first guest, the great Kevin Sorbo, joins us now. Kevin, it is wonderful to have you with us. Thanks for joining. Hey, it's good to be here. You know, it's interesting. The Emmys, Golden Globes, Oscars, the ratings go down every single year over the last 10 years. I mean, when I used to go to the Emmys, um, it was a pretty cool event to be part of back when I shot Hercules from 93 to 2000 and even Andromeda from 2000, 2005. But the last uh, dozen years or so, it's just amazing. But they've done it to themselves. And um, I'm, quite frankly, I don't think they care. Yeah. You know, Hollywood is such a different industry now than it was when you were here and in in you know the thick of it which really wasn't even that long ago does it make you sad or maybe disappointed is a better word to see what it has become well it's sad i mean i'm you know my manager and agent called me in about uh, 10 11 years ago and said we can't work with you anymore because you're conservative and a christian which is like being a double leper apparently in hollywood and um you know it's 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 unfortunate because i don't harbor that kind of anger and hate and i said you know i looked at him i said you're the team the whole thing in Hollywood is they all scream for tolerance. They scream for freedom of speech. But as you know, um, it's all a one-way street with them, which is too bad. But thank God for independent movies. I've been staying very busy. Um, I've shot four movies already this year. I shot three last year, two of them I directed. They're coming out later uh, this year in early uh, January, February of 2023. So I've been fortunate to keep busy in an industry I still love because I love being on set. I love the creative process, but I'm just doing my own thing. I'm doing movies that have love and hope, redemption, faith, laughter, things that Hollywood won't do. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, I'm going to keep doing what I want to do to fight the culture, because, as you know, they control the culture. They control what's going on in D.C. And I want to try to do things that... Uh, bring back a more positive attitude here in America. There's 80 million homes out there that want the things that I do, which is somehow we got to get them out there. Yeah, so important. And you really are at the forefront of creating that parallel Hollywood economy. It's growing by the day. And I think the engagement level with everyday families, people who want their children to watch something they're not going to be ashamed of when they're done, seems to be growing by the day. Is it going to grow to a point where it rivals and tugs at the traditional Hollywood? You know, it is growing. You know, the independent world out there is getting bigger and bigger all the time. Um, you know, production value on a $3 million movie is as good as production value on any movie out there. The only difference is we don't have a big budget of visual, visual effects. But um, there's so many people that want to work. There's so many talented people on both sides of the camera that want to work that the talent pool, on, like I said, on both sides there are is, is huge. And I've got great connections here in, in Florida, where I live. I got great connections in Georgia, um, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama. They're all great places to film right now with great tax credits. So that's kind of where I'm going. And um, I, I've got another movie coming up. I'm shooting in Mississippi. I just finished shooting a, a movie up in Montana. And, uh, you know, I'm just staying real busy. I can't complain. I would love people to go to SorboStudios.com. That's SorboStudios.com. Sign up. We'll keep you up to date for good movies coming down the line. And I got to tell you, I used to get stopped through hotels and airport lobbies all the time for Hercules or Andromeda. 80% of the time now, people say, we loved your God's Not Dead, What If, Soul Surfer, please make more movies like that. And that's what we're doing. And I'm going to keep making those kind of movies because, as you said, there are a lot of families out there that want those movies. They're tired of what Hollywood's putting out. So yeah, true. they absolutely are. What's interesting to me, though, is, you know, Kevin, as, as a Christian myself, I remember Christian movies from when I was little. 
uh, and mm. they were terrible. They were, they yeah. were corny, <laughs> and no one wanted to watch them, even Christians. Yeah. Um, but we're seeing a shift now, and we are seeing people who are not Christians, but also people on the left, really attacking these, these new movies and this new content, uh, like The Miracle in East Texas. Do you think it's because it has the production value has gotten so much better because now they actually consider it a threat? We're finally waking up to it. I did a movie called Let There Be Light that I directed. My wife co-wrote it with Dan Gordon, a very good, very nominated uh, screenwriter. Um, and uh, it opened a little $2.3 million movie. It was funded by Sean Hannity, by the way. Uh, $2.3 million movie opened number two against Thor Ragnarok, a $300 million movie. So I got a call from, from Netflix saying, hey, we know you have a strong foot in this inspirational world. We want to open an inspirational division here at Netflix. Had uh, three, four meetings with them over a couple months. Gave them some great projects for television or for, I mean, for series or for, or for movies. Um, they still didn't make the move on it. I think there's such a weird ideology in there. They're afraid. They may. I, I still think they want to, but they're afraid. Oh my gosh, we'll get a backlash from within the Hollywood elite if we do a movie that's got a positive message in it. And uh, you know, so it's unfortunate. I always joke that if I played a, a radical Islamic pedophile terrorist in a movie, I'd get nominated for an Academy Award. And that's really a weird world we're in right now. So I want to keep doing movies that are just more positive. And I, I'm not telling Hollywood they can't make the movies they make. I mean, there's still movies I enjoy going. But if you look at a movie like what Top Gun did, um, it was huge. And it didn't have the message of pushing that agenda or this agenda. It was just a movie that Americans went, yeah, this is cool. This is a good movie, and it's just fun to watch. And I think they're going to slowly wake up, even begrudgingly, to want to make more movies that have a positive message. But I'm not slowing down, and I see the independent world's not slowing down either. Yeah, no, people are happy you aren't slowing down, too. It's such an important mission that you're on right now. I, this is an odd thing with Hollywood, because if, if Burger King started to stop selling burgers, if Ford saw yeah. its uh, car sales drop, there'd be an immediate adjustment because they don't want to lose market share. Hollywood seems to be okay with the free fall right now. I'm curious yeah. where that pain point becomes. I, you know, it's, it's, it's so strange to me, too. I wish they could answer that question. Why? What are you afraid of those 80 million homes out there that want that? You can poke fun and laugh at all stupid Christians for putting, you know, wanting movies with a good message in there. It's, it's so weird, but this is the battle we have going on right now. And there's such a big fracture in there and just, we've just the divisiveness, the anger and hate. And like I said, I don't harbor that towards people at a different point of view. Um, you know, I go on Twitter, my Twitter account, there's like 5%. I got about one, what I got, 1.2 million followers. And, you know, you get that 5% that just attacks you no matter what they say. These these are these unhappy trolls that hate who they are, hate their lives. Uh, and they, that doesn't bother me at all. Let them come after me. It's fine. <laughs> but it's it's I'm trying, like I said, to do something to have a message in there, not to preach to the choir. I want people to look at these movies and go, wow, you know, it's a good movie. And I've had people stop me in airports and hotel lobbies saying, hey, you know what? I'm an atheist or I'm not agnostic, but I saw this movie or that movie did, and I thought it was pretty good. To me, that's a win. I said, good for you. I appreciate that. You know, and, and they are good movies. And um, right. like I said, the, the battle is there. Andrew Breitbart said it first. He probably said it before. Somebody else said it before that. But he also said politics is downstream from culture. And that's all stuck with me. And Andrew was a dear friend before his passing. And uh, I, I'm one of the few people there. Um, you know, Amanda, I escaped California four years ago. I got to a point I just wanted to get out of there. And I was just tired of what they've done to the state because it's a beautiful state. 
I lived out there in Westlake Village. I loved it out there. But we started looking at Florida probably about seven years ago. We made the move four years ago. And it's been a great move for me. I can't complain. I've, I've met so many great people. I've got to uh, go to Mar-a-Lago about a dozen times. I got to host a Lincoln Day dinner and introduce President Trump and DeSantis and Pompeo and all these uh, great conservatives that we do still have in this country. And it's been it's been amazing. It's been a, a fun ride to be out here. I love it. We've just got about 45 seconds left. I wanted to get your take on someone who is still in Hollywood, Tim Allen. Uh, I have to say, Kevin, I'm very jealous that you got out and escaped to free free Florida. I'll be there soon, hopefully. Uh, but Tim sure. Allen tweeted about Joe Biden on 60 Minutes. He said he heard uh, that he asked how long the show was. We need more humor like this, Kevin, don't we? Tim Allen's a friend. He's a golf buddy. He's a great guy. Um, I, yeah, we do need more. I have actors come up to me on the set over the last five, six years saying, hey, thank you for being a voice for us. And I said, well, why don't you be a voice for yourself? But they're all afraid to come out of that conservative closet because we're the ones getting bashed and attacked. I've still had a career. Yeah, am I doing big budget TV shows or movies anymore? No, but that's fine. I'm doing the movies that I want to do. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps up our Saturday edition. So glad that you can join us. I'm so grateful that you spent a part of your weekend here listening to the news from Just the News. I want to wish you a blessed Saturday. Hope you're enjoying some football, some of this beautiful fall weather. Temperatures are going down a little bit. It's a little crisper and cooler. The pumpkins are coming out. It's time to go spend some great time with family, friends, and loved ones. So go do that. We'll have you covered tomorrow with a great show. If you need a news fix 24-7, we got you covered at justthenews.com. Be sure to tune in tomorrow.